All righty. Are we ready? We're going to talk about reactivity. Let's do it. Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Meg, and I am a dog trainer. On today's episode, I'm joined by Clayton and Wensley of Austin Dog Culture. They are dog trainers here in Austin. I'm visiting them. Clayton has been on the podcast before. Everybody loves that episode. So this is our sequel to that. And we're going to talk all about reactivity, what we've kind of learned as pet dog trainers in the industry as far as solving reactivity goes, and so much more. So you know the drill. Grab yourself a tasty drink and meet us back here. Hello, Clayton. That was really good. Thank you. That that was really good. (laughs) Thank you. I told you it's the most impressive part of the whole podcast experience. Do you like how we like go in on the beat too? I was going to say, so the, the, the first time that I was on, we didn't do that. Didn't do what? We didn't do, there wasn't like an intro. Oh no, I did the intro afterwards, (laughs) but now that I have like a thing. Yeah. We were just like on a a Zoom call. Yeah. Was it a Zoom call? Yeah. But now we're in person, so we can use it on like the, the mixing board thing. Hello, Wensley. Hello, Meg. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. In your own apartment. Yep. In my living room. Thanks for being here. (laughs) So Clayton... When did I have you on the podcast last? Like three years ago, because we was it three years ago? That's crazy. So Clayton was one of my first guests on. I mean, we that was only a couple episodes deep, and we talked a lot about the culture of dog training, which is why his business is called Austin Dog Culture. So this was three years ago and we were already kind of talking about the changes that we're seeing in the industry as far as like pet ownership goes, like what people are doing and why we're seeing so many behavioral issues. Um, And one of the biggest behavioral issues that I work with and my trainers work with and I know you guys work with also is reactivity. Like reactivity is one of those things that everybody thinks that their dog is reactive or (laughs) like a lot of people do actually have reactive dogs. So reactivity in my kind of definition and just to like keep it really simple is basically when your dog has some sort of explosive reaction to some sort of trigger and there's typically a barrier involved. So the barrier is either like a leash or a door or a fence, something that creates that level of frustration. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel like um, reactivity is is driving or fueling the pet dog industry right now anyways. Like yeah. I, I feel like there's there's not a lot of things that will actually make people pick up the phone and research a trainer, fill out a contact form faster than reactivity. And I think it's because it's embarrassing for most people. I mean, I it's embarrassing and you can't like do anything with a reactive dog. Like if your dog is actually like truly exploding at other dogs Mm -hmm. like think about Mm -hmm. the lesson today and how many people had dogs like we were in this little apartment area and Mm -hmm. every single person outside had a dog and there was a lot of people outside like that was crazy you know so like if you have a reactive dog like your dog is like let's say they're reactive to other dogs like your dog is probably exploding all the time you know and so then you get those people who are like well i walk my dog at midnight (laughs) you know when nobody else is outside because i just can't deal with it there's almost no way to if you have a reactive dog to not look like an asshole like, I really feel like that's why so many people pick up the phone and call a trainer because, yeah. you know, like if you're, if you're out walking your dog and they have an explosion, it's like, if you don't do anything, you kind of look like an asshole. And if you're trying to correct the dog, you look like you an get asshole. Judged. You get yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, I feel like there's no way to like walk a reactive dog without some point looking like an asshole. And somebody has that really embarrassing moment. And that's the thing that makes them call a trainer. And so I really feel like that's driving the pet dog training industry right now is, is that one behavior. I also think too, a lot of people 
either they've done their research and they will label it reactivity or they're, they truly to their core believe their dog is protecting them. Like he's fine in the home, but he's very territorial and protective of me on walks. And they're just like misreading the situation too. Yeah. I get that. And I also get like, Oh, he's just excited. Yeah. He's just, he just wants to say hi. And it's like a dog at the end of like a tight leash on a harness, like (laughs) barking nonstop. And it's like, no, like we cannot reinforce this behavior. And that's, you know, like the dog that you're training now, um, that's like that dog is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call her reactive. I wouldn't call her reactive either. Right. She's just, she just gets like a bark, you know, she's not like having this like big explosion. She's just like, "Ah!" and like has to yell. That's kind of like crew though. Like if we see some, someone, he just, it's like emotion, like, and then it's over. Yeah. He He has like a really like quick recovery with it. And I think that's another kind of like indication of reactivity is like how quickly the dog recovers right yeah you know like that's always the goal is like faster recovery times even if you are struggling with reactivity um okay so i want to hear like your take on it why do you think so many dog owners are struggling with reactivity like i know the reasons why i think people yeah Mm-hmm. have reactive dogs and we saw it a lot today in the yeah. lesson that you had but like let's let's talk about that where does one start that's such a yeah it's such a, <laughs> a, a deep hole um you know I, i'll say that i i think that really just my business name austin dog culture where that stems from is i think also where reactivity stems from so like to me you know the reason it's called austin dog culture is because I actually found myself constantly talking about the culture that we have surrounding dog ownership in this city. And like, what does that culture look like? And it's, to me, it's, it's super upside down. Like it's super upside down the way the, the things that, that people expect of their dogs also combined with the way that they live with their dogs is a recipe for disaster. Like they have to be able to go to the dog park and be social and they have to tolerate all kinds of bullshit that's at the dog park. And they also have to be able to be calm at the coffee shop and they have to be able to go to brunch, but they also want to stop and say hi to every dog that they see on the sidewalk. Like it's, that's the big thing that like I saw today and even it's a lot like that. Okay. So he's training this little Malinois puppy and the she's dog, perfect. she's perfect. <laughs> she's, she's very perfect. cute. She's just like a Malinois, <laughs> yeah. but she has like that, bah! like every now and then it's literally because every single dog would walk up or every single owner would walk up and be like, Oh my gosh, is that this dog? And then Clayton, a lot of Clayton would be like, yeah. And then they just let their dog drag over to see her. Like every single person, yeah. you yeah. know, like the the first day there was this little dachshund that like ran out and I literally like kicked the dog away. But he the guy was like nice about it. He was like, oh, I'm sorry. I know you guys are training. Like she just wanted to say hi to, you know, your dog because like they know each other. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. like, oh, this is OK for like my dog to like run up. And I did the like but that also like the goalie today. thing that happened. Today. I know that's what I'm dog. saying. Every time you're out with the dog, I also think, too whether the reactivity is stemming from overexcitement or maybe like insecurity or fear, either way, there's a complete like disregard for the owner. There's, they don't, there's no um, sort of like, Hey, I'm going to check in with my mom or dad first. Like whoever's no at the other end of that. Like, there's, I mean, I try not to say that, but yeah. <laughs> just say hurt no the people. Oh, you mean from like the dog? The dog like, is the just dog doesn't respect. Yeah. There's no regard like for the decisions they make. Like the owner but doesn't I mean, factor in. Like they just right, do but, like, what they're going to do. Why does the dog not respect the owner's decision making? Because it, like the yeah. owner just allows, you know, every single dog to run up and like greet their dog. Well, they're or, just super permissive with how they live. Right. It's just like the dog making decisions 24 yep. seven. Yep. So that's that to me, that's that's where the Austin dog culture came from. And that's to me also the same thing that causes reactivity is the the going back to the that everything. What am I trying to say? Like all the little things that you do with the dog, every little interaction that you have throughout the day 
I believe is what creates the problems that we have. Like it's so easy to hyper-focus on like the behavior that is making us embarrassed of ourselves or the dog as opposed to zooming way out and going like, well, like the dog is kind of like not able to be crated if it's home or like while you're home, the dog can't be crated. Right. Um, you know, the dog is like busting out of the, the front door. The dog is like leaning into the leash constantly and, 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 you know, dragging the owner to the, to, to the grass to go to the bathroom or to go see, say hi to another dog. Like it's constantly happening throughout the day. And, and we are super permissive and the dog just, it sees stuff and it says, I want it. And it moves towards it. And there's never a consequence for just leaving the owner and moving towards things that it wants. And then eventually, if, you know, through thousands of repetitions, there's an expectation now on the dog's end. And when we can't meet that expectation, that's where the reactivity comes from. I but again, it's just this super permissive lifestyle of just give, 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 take the dog everywhere. And then expect the dog to have perfect behavior in the presence of like other dogs, which is really just a trigger for excitement now. Right. That's where all that shit comes from. I think there's something to be said too about, I mean, obviously people rescue dogs who are not puppies, but I think there's a lot to be said about the root of reactivity where people think, you know, they hear socialize your puppy. So they take their puppy out and they, what do they do? They socialize it. They let it, everybody say hi to it. Every dog come up to it and say hi. So when they're out, if it's reactivity stemming from overexcitement, it's from this expectation, this anticipation that has basically just been groomed into the dog. Like when I'm out in public, like all of this is for me. Like I expect all of the attention, all the interaction, and it kind of starts you down a slippery slope instead of practicing being out in public, like new, neutral, like just that's not for you. Not everybody, not every dog passing by is for you. And I think that's where owners try to do the right thing when they're researching and accidentally kind of veer left, if you will, and go down the rabbit hole and then kind of lay the foundation for a reactive dog. And then on top of everything Clayton said too, it just like all kind of bleeds together into creating this issue. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, it's just all of these little things that we're doing throughout the day that are leading to just, I don't want to say like bad relationships with your dog, but the, the external environment is just like so rewarding. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I say something very controversial? Yeah. We, <laughs> love, we should, love it. Should I, we allow it? Yeah. Let's, can I just, <laughs> I, I always punish reactivity. Like people are constantly talking about like, what, yeah, how do you fix reactivity? And it's like, a, like, it's not something that I even focus on when I'm out training. Like, I'm, I, I rarely go out and go, we're going to do a reactivity session. Like, I, I genuinely feel like it happens through every little interaction that I have throughout the day. And so, like, if the dog jumps on me, like, I'm going to punish that. I don't want a dog jumping on me. I don't want it to learn that pushy behavior. If the dog tries to bolt out the door, I'm going to punish it. And, and throughout the day, I'm basically just showing the dog hey, like you can't get away with this just, you know, overly anxious, like over the top, just moving towards everything 100 miles an hour, like that's not going to fly. And so by the time that we're out and the dog actually does the behavior, I just, again, just, I'm like, no, you can't do that. And we just continue to move forward. And of course, we're going to work the dog through it. And of course, I'm going to use food. And like, of course, you know, if the behavior is, is bad enough we can even go into some counter conditioning but like honestly i don't feel like like there's as many dogs and i'm just speaking of the dogs that we have here in in texas and it could be different if you're in new york or something like that but i don't think that we have a lot of dogs with like super deep-seated emotionally charged levels of reactivity i think it's very much just like dogs that like they don't get told no like ever when someone is telling me they have a reactive dog, one of the first things that I that I ask people is I go, what do you do when he does X? Like the barking, lunging, growling. And people are like, they just look at me like with a blank stare. And I'm like, like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you do when he does that? 
and they and they uh, people never have an answer. They go, "Well, we like tell him no or yeah. like whatever." And, and I then go, I always say, "How do you how tell, tell your how, how do you, you dog no? yeah like how do you tell your dog no right, right. like what what is no follow right. up with Did you teach that? And so and so I tell people I go, "Okay, so like if you were to rob a bank and I were to go, Megan." No, <laughs> like, like, dude, the next time you need money, you're going to rob a bank. And so and so like to me, like, of course, we want to change the way the dog feels about the trigger. Like, of course, like I want to use food and like reward the dog for making like good decisions. But I don't think that any of these behaviors are so um, like heavily conditioned and like rooted emotional like that the that the dog is yeah. unable to because people are like oh well when the dog is reacting he's like you know his brain is in a different you know area that and like it's just can't, the internet like, though that is like not <laughs> actually the case and that's how you know people who are like genuinely training dogs versus people who are just like training their own dog and are like this is what i've seen with this one dog and it's like yeah maybe your dog has like some deep rooted right, right, like right. issues and fears and reactivity and blah 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 but like 90 percent of the dog the reactive dogs that we train are just dogs that have literally never been told no before yep. and so you teach them and you say punishment and people are gonna be like <gasps> But like punishment is literally like a tink, like pop on the leash, you know, like that little, the like, little puppy. I mean, I don't want to say puppy, like what? Seven months old. She's seven months old, but she, we're talking she, about the, she, the little Malin wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, tiny little pop little. on the leash. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm so like, sorry. yeah, like <laughs> I'm so sorry. it's not like you're like cranking your dog to get them to stop, you know, and I've talked about how I solve reactivity and like in previous episodes, I'm really big on like correcting the intention. Yeah. So like, you know, when you see the dog really like fixating and loading on the trigger, give a pop on the leash. They're like, oh, my bad. Bring your attention back over to me. Add some movement, you know, like. But if you don't disrupt change, it, but if you don't change every little interaction that you have up leading to that moment, I think that's where like the difference between like, like as a dog trainer, you get that. But as a pet person, people don't understand. And that's why I say like, you can't to me, like I'm, I'm never like, we're going to have a session where we work on reactivity. No, because I think if that's you, just like part of training is like, you can't be an right. asshole. I will right. say, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, I will say, I think that, I will spend an ample amount of time focusing with clients on educating them on body language so they can learn to read their dog. And so oh, all yeah. of a sudden the explosions happened. I'm like, well, now you're going to have to use more forceful correction or punishment. And when you could have just used, honestly, like a super small little like, dink, you know, yeah. just to interrupt that before it got to that escalation. And two, I think a big emphasis for me is on those little things, right? So like, don't let your dog drag you up to other dogs. Like anytime I have a reactive dog, I'm like, you know, walking with the owner and they're like, oh, this is, you know, Jack, the dog that lives next door. He just wants to say hi. And I'm like, we're not doing this anymore. We're not like saying hi to other dogs this anymore. Like Jack. you're struggling with reactivity. Like you need to be neutral. We need to focus on being neutral. And everybody wants to like get hung up on like, oh, I want to create a positive association to like dogs. So I get them working for food. My order is like, we need to teach the leash right? Because you have no way to communicate with the dog unless you teach the leash, teach the leash, stop the behavior, get to neutral. Yeah. And then we can start working mm -hmm. the dog for food and like building up those new feelings around the triggers. But I will say once you stop the behavior that solves like 90% of people's problems because most dogs have just never been told no. Right, like right. they, like you ask owners, what do you do when your dog is being reactive and what do they do? They stand back at the end of a tight leash with their dog on a harness and they're basically reinforcing reactivity because like it's a it's a self-reinforcing behavior. That's the dogs like get enjoyment out of it. That's what you're doing when you're training like a sport dog. It's like right. the reverse engineering you were talking about earlier. Right. So like with pet dogs that like struggle with reactivity, <clears throat> it's the opposite of, you know, sport dogs where we're literally training the dog to be reactive. I want them to, you know, bark yeah. and you know, it's funny. So like, things. like if you, um, if you look at, uh, like we were watching videos of Dinky doing bite work when I first got her zero control on the dog, right? Like she was a green dog. She didn't yeah. ever ask from her face. Like she's just super brand new. 
And if you look at the videos of her doing bite work, she is like at the end of the leash in a harness, like spinning, barking, lunging, just crazy, trying to get the the sleeve out of Will's hand. And and um, I sometimes like when we're talking about like, you know, like if we go to club and then on the drive home, we're like having a discussion about how our, our night went. Like I've told Wensley multiple times, like how I, I miss some of the fire that she had when she was younger. And a lot of the reason that fire is gone is because the obedience that I've had to put on her to get through the levels of PSA. And just by putting a little obedience on her has made it more difficult for me to get her agitated in the bite work because I've put that obedience on her. And it's not like I've used a ton of compulsion. It's you just really trained her honestly force free. Like I've, I've, I've trained Nikki mostly force free. Majority so, okay. So, so that's a, that's a good segue that we can go into because I've told everybody now publicly that like I mostly punish react, <laughs> but okay. Let's also talk about there. And this is going to piss people off. Cause I'm going to say it in the same podcast. There are some dogs that I don't ever punish the reactivity. And it's because like that little dog that I'm training right now, mm-hmm. I really don't punish her No, because the food drive is there and the reactivity really to me isn't <clears throat> like it's just a it's just a byproduct of like if you leave her unmanaged, she's just like pumped yeah like she's just she's just it's just a little malinois of course like she yeah. just wants to, to to do things and so she's a dog that like you could condition a really powerful response to a clicker and every time she heard you know the jingle of another dog's like collar or if she had a dog that come around the corner and she like locked eyes with them, you she's got enough food drive that you could click and she would just turn around and come off of that. And we already do that with just the yes command. Like you've seen us do that. But like there's there's also like those dogs where I think if you look at my training, you go, wow, you're training kind of purely positive right now. But it's like because I can this dog's got so much food motivation that I can do that. And I have the skill set to do that. But the reason I say a lot of reactivity or most reactivity, I just punish it is because most of the dogs I work with don't have that level of food drive because they're overfed. They've never worked yeah. for their food and they've never been told no. And usually they, in the beginning, they won't take food at all. And then I go, Hey, don't do that. They get their feelings hurt for like maybe like 30 seconds. And then now their arousal has actually gone down and they actually start taking food. Yeah. In the same Every vein. time. <laughs> That's how it goes. In the same vein of, Dogs have never been told no. That dog, Coda, that um, I trained and we went over to do the evaluation. These people were going to rehome that would be a, That would be a good story for this podcast. Um, so these people reached out just wanting professional help to kind of get an evaluation done on their dog. It was the German Shepherd. To rehome Blue the healer, dog. Malinois mix, right? It's a lot going on there. And they had worked with trainers previously in the past and they wanted to rehome the dog, right? So we went over to do an evaluation, see what we could do to help them kind of get the dog into a home that fit. And honestly, like it wasn't that bad. Truly, like we just corrected the dog one time for having well, a massive it was a, explosion. It was, a, it was a big display. It like, was a big, big we, explosion. We took Darla in the backyard just because I wanted to see how bad the reactivity Darla was. Because we're coonhound if people don't know. Because we're we're just gonna help them rehome the dog. Like this wasn't like training. Like they just wanted us to evaluate to help them rehome because it was gonna go to a sport home. Okay. And and so like Winsley said, it's like a it's like a Dutchy healer <laughs> something mix. And uh, so we bring Darla, my coonhound, in the backyard who, like, doesn't give a shit about nobody. And, like, we bring her in the backyard and this dog's like, wah, 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 just barking its head off. And Darla just, like, looking at it like, I'm trying to sniff. Could you be quiet, please? Like, doesn't care. But this dog is reacting to a fairly neutral dog. And um, uh, at the time, I think she was, like, on, like, a martingale or, like, a flat collar or something. And um, I did. I... I I put a prong collar on her and I just said, Hey, I'm going to just correct her to see how she responds to a correction. Because, you know, part of it was like, if she's going to be rehomed, I need to know, like, if I put a little bit of pressure on this dog, is this going to, is this dog going to redirect or like, like you kind of need to know those things. Yes. So I'm like, Hey, like I'm going to punish her and see what she does. Dude, I punish, like she runs out to the end of the leash. I give her one little leash jerk. It really wasn't a lot. She goes, And she turned around and came back and looked at me and like, just, just like stared at me. 
Just we, we started a program a couple there. weeks later, and, and like I had to correct that dog maybe once, twice, there. and the rest of the time I was just feeding. But it, no, what, but her. what's crazy is is I looked at the lady, I looked at the wife, and I said, "Hey, look." I was like, I know you're just here for us to evaluate the dog so you can rehome it. I go, but I go, if you want to keep your dog, because she was crying when we were there evaluating the dog. I was like, if you want to keep your dog, I was like, this is super fixable. This is super fixable. And, you know, she just, the people that she worked with before, just, I guess no one had ever punished her. She had been told to like hold a treat above her shoulder when they walk past other dogs. But I cannot stress to everybody listening enough how how little we actually corrected that dog i think truly a handful of times like in in over the course of we only did a three-week program because it was that mild by the end of it i had them walking with me in the the domain on a sunday so busy and this dog was beautiful had like the tiniest little grumble and the. Did they end the up keeping wife. it? Yeah, they kept it. Yeah, they it. kept the dog. They still have the dog. They still have the dog. The, the review Aww. is on our website. Aww. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Meg, they were this, awesome clients. This dog took like minimal correction. Yeah, it's minimal like they were correction. about to up like rehome and they your were dog about to get rid of the that dog they loved because no trainer had been like, hey, let's that's, just that's that's what that fucking sends me is it's like it was crazy. I will be the quote bad guy right the person who's like just give your dog a quick pop and you can keep it you can keep your dog like, isn't that mm-hmm. or like, like the lesser of two <laughs> evils if you will? like I'm, what's the other option you get rid of your dog and it's that's, probably not gonna make it you know like that's what i hate so much is like i get all i you know i get attacked on the internet all the time for just just anything i could like blink and like the force free community comes for me but I am literally saving dogs. Okay. You know, because like people are on the verge of getting rid of their dogs. And I'm like, has anyone told you to tell your dog no? Has it like, has anybody taught you how to have like a meaningful way to tell your dog that they can't do that behavior? And they're like, no. Like, why? You want to talk about ethics? It's more ethical to tell the dog no once than to uproot its life and rehome it. This is what's crazy, though. This is what's crazy. If you think about it, If we did three weeks of training, okay, it was three week program, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. If we did three weeks of training, that means and and you train that dog like at least like an over an hour a day for sure, right? Yeah, you hour to long, two hours. Yeah. yeah, I took her with me a lot of places. So, so let's say you did did fifteen hours of training, five days a week over three weeks, fifteen hours of training minimum. I can't do math even. Okay, that quick on the fly. <laughs> so. So in that, in that 15 hours of training, let's say that dog got three corrections. Yeah. And the other 15 hours of training, you probably were using a lot of reinforcement, right? Yeah. If she didn't have an explosion and checked in, it was boom. It's crazy because I can sit on this podcast and I can say that like, yeah, like we, we most always, almost always punish reactivity, but I can also still say that like we have a, a reinforcement based training program because yeah 90 well, percent of that training was positive reinforcement 98 percent of it was positive reinforcement to the point that we now have that protocol that we do with almost all of our clients where it's like stop feeding your dog breakfast and dinner it's like it's going to have one portion condense it i will feed it if yeah. it's out and it's, that for the training right oh that has been it a battle really is a game changer but, but that has been like a battle for really yeah I think the people who are like really struggling with their dog, they're like, yeah, like whatever we need to do. But sometimes I get the owners who are like, I just want a well-trained dog. And I'm like, okay, don't feed them. All of their food is going to be used in training. Like I need that positive reinforcement. And then they give them like 17 meals a day. And it just is so hard to train without just relying on like leash pressure. Totally. You know, Winsley, what was that dog that we trained? Um, the little black dog that was that was reactive. Koa? No. Um, uh, How long ago? Uh, what's the dog's name? Man. I don't know. I'm trying to. Sabrina and Sky. Oh, Sky. OK. Yeah. OK. I don't know why I can remember the name. So, Meg, this dog, Sky, this this girl, she adopted the dog from the shelter, brought it home, was having some some pretty bad reactivity, some dog reactivity on the leash. And we start the training 
we, you know, it's like the first day dog is blowing up on the leash, has zero food drive. It's like a Monday. And so I told her, I said, okay, I said, we're going to pause the training. And I said, I need you to get her on a feeding schedule of basically we're going to only feed her while we're out training Mm -hmm. and you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then next week we're going to restart the training. She did exactly that. So we bring the dog out for training. We offer the dog the food. The dog doesn't take the food. Then we go, cool. We put it back in the bag. We finish up our walk. We go back inside and like, that's it. And that was the dog's opportunity to eat. And normally I'll give the dog two chances a day. Like I'll say, hey, do that in the morning. If the dog doesn't take any of their breakfast, like we'll try again at dinner time. Especially in the beginning when they're figuring it out. Yeah. And we, and we just do that. So she did that for a week. We come back in the training and the dog's food drive has gone from literally none to through the roof to the point where I no longer even have to correct this dog for reactivity because every time it looked at a dog, you just go, yes, she was just, she would just turn around and just throw her face into your palm and just try and like, just eat your fingers off. Yeah. And it was like, I'm, and I'm telling you the week prior, zero food drive. And at that point, like we did, we ended up doing some like very like, kind of like fancy competition style obedience because the dog was just super active little. I just want to work. Tell me that what to do. That reminds me of yeah. Telly, that yeah. little uh, white dog with the blue eyes. Kind yeah. of a similar. Yeah. Con- once food, once drive the is- food drive just gets there, it's, it's, it's so nice. And that's why I say like, like I will sit here and say that I mostly punish reactivity when it happens because we're just going to do that on the fly and then we're going to keep training. But like there are definitely dogs when they have, great food drive that like yeah like you, that food drive supersedes you, that need to react you could almost say that 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 the training turns into like a purely positive program but it it isn't because like i am punishing the dog in other areas of life but you you're know? not having to you know you're not having to correct Most, for reactivity all the time because like you're not giving the dog the opportunity we're just doing to so explode much. we're just because doing you've so like much built up obedience you've built up food drive like you've done the things yeah, yeah. we're just playing we're just like well, i've just taken the dog out and we're just playing you kind really. of set the tone in the first day or two right and it's like hey I don't take no shit, right? Yeah, and the dog's like, got it, word. Like, nobody ever told me that before. Hey, we're not, just- it's basically, hey, we're not doing that, but we can do all this other stuff. And I promise you, it's also fun. You know who you should talk about mm. is Porter. Oh, yeah, Porter. Porter That's was a good a, one. Porter was. Because uh, that concept of like the heel is yeah, his job. Yeah. Because that was a really difficult Remember that little pit bull that I was struggling with? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That oh, dog. Oh my god. Well, so oh my so, god. so you know what's funny? <laughs> oh my god. I couldn't help it. This uh you know, um he was bad to the point, you know, I had to bring him home and it just he was just like one of those silent killers. Like he would just be so quiet and then just you know, where people say like he came out of nowhere. Like surely if you don't know what you're looking at, it looks like that for for him. Yeah. It's not out of nowhere, but it looks like it. And, and dude, I'll never forget that dog gave me the worst training session of my life. Like, like most embarrassing. Like I took him home. (laughs) I did like a week of in in person training. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do remember this dog. And, And then I, I did two weeks of boarding and training. And like, I'm telling you the dog was doing phenomenal. Like we were at that bougie like domain area and I had him like doing downstays in the Nike store while like I shopped around. We're like walking down like very busy like areas where there's like bars and restaurants. Like he, he was doing super well, so well that like I told the owner like, hey, meet. This is where I've been training. Super crowded place. This is where you should meet me so I can basically show off where he's at. Yeah, I'm super proud of him. And like I'm telling you, like we've been there for five minutes. Like just got out of the car. Put him in a downstay. He's holding his downstay. Me and the owners are talking. And this little bitty Shih Tzu thing walks by. And he's like, I'm going to kill it. And just beelines it for this dog. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, what the? Yeah. And so, like, I run over and, like, literally I'm doing the, like, this is the first time he's ever done this. And, it really, and, it, and, and for me, it was. For yeah. me, it was like, it was like, yes, like, he was reactive before. But then, the, but then you know, we would we got to a point where it was like, he just didn't do that. And, um, you know, he'd never, Loose. no, I was like, which heathen is that mine? There's no, too many plots. He, but he never, he'd never like broke a downstay to go like, a, like attack a dog that was 
I mean, this dog was literally like like 50 yards away. And when he got up to the dog, he didn't even, it's like he didn't know what to do. Like he was just like, <laughs> like kind of like barking and standing there. And I just kind of grabbed him and was like, dude, what are you fucking doing? But here's the thing. That's not even, that's not even the worst part. Oh, then I was like, okay, shake it off. I was like, I don't know what that was. Let's start taking him for a walk. Let's go walk around the domain like I normally do. Again, this is where I've got him in downstays while we're shopping and doing all kinds of stuff. This dog proceeds to attack people. <laughs> this dog. Tries, he called me so sad. I'm going to get in like trouble. This. I'm going to get in trouble for laughing at that. This dog starts. I remember you calling me after this. Yeah, he starts attacking people as we're walking down the sidewalk. Mainly people with like bags. Um, and I'll never forget like this, like super old, like Chinese man, you know, like, uh, like a, a small Chinese person, like how they, you know, like a small, like this guy was like, <laughs> I know where we're going with this. I'm, yeah, just right, saying, yeah. like, I'm just saying like the guy like was like five foot, okay. like he was a very small man <laughs> Okay, and he had to be like, no. And he had to be like in his sixties and this dog, like as we're walking by, I'm like, of all people, like leave that little man alone. <laughs> like, holy shit. But anyways, this dog, man, proceeded to embarrass the shit out of me. And I was like, the only thing I could imagine was like, well, you guys are here now. And he, and he didn't do that. I, that's what, do you remember what I said? Yeah, it's the owners. Or it's, well, it's, 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 it's not, the wife for, for him. It's not necessarily like the owners. It's like the dog, the dog knows that like you won't correct. That's the relationship. Right. Right, right. Like right. you're not going to correct the dog like. Like I would. Right. Yeah. And she, and it, but it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't for lack of trying. Like they really did try. I feel like, uh, but now for everybody listening, this is, I can actually say this, that dog was actually found on the streets. Like, uh, like when he was like maybe four months old, like he was found like a little be- scrawny behind, like, behind like puppy. a dumpster. Like he really was like from the streets, I guess, you know, <laughs> like he was, he was a scrappy street dog. And, and, and yeah, and, um, you know, like I ended up, um, I, I called the uh, Danny Wells. Yeah. And I was like, Hey man, <laughs> this dog. I was like, I like, I was, you know, I, I, I really needed some, like, um, some affirmation from somebody that, you know, that, that I look up to, to say like, you're doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, for anybody that cares, kind of like what we ended up doing with that dog was just treating the heel like it was his job. And and if we put the leash on, like it was time to work and yeah. there was no gray area. And as long as you set the tone from the beginning in the walk, he was good. Right. But if you didn't set that tone in the beginning, it, you know, I don't know. It, it very much comes across genetic with him, because even with my own dogs, I've had him out hiking and with my own dogs, like no muzzle. And he's like totally good. But then, you know, he went and stayed with his parents for a couple months and then he came back to me for boarding and just he was a little shit. Yeah, he was kind of a little shit. Some dogs are just like pushy like that. Like they just have those really he, strong he personalities. Has to, he has to live with somebody that's going to that's going to very stay, firm boundaries. Yes, yeah, stay on top of him. And like like, dude, the thing is, is like Winsley knows like I did so much free training for this dog because like like I loved him. Like he's such a like he's awesome. he was a very they called him like the sloop because he just <laughs> you, when you pick him up he would just kind of melt. you know how dogs just kind of like melt and yeah. flip over like this big like like he's a good size like little like forty five fifty five pound little like pit and he would just like fall over in your arms and like he's such a sweet dog like he was really uh, I really liked him and um, and I ended up putting some pretty fancy obedience on him as well yeah but if you didn't stay on top of him it was gonna like it was always a problem like well, I could always I tell. had a little blue nose pit that was like that like um, the owner lived in a house with a lot of other people and a lot of other dogs and there was constantly like dogs coming and going and a bunch of people and the dog was just like, you know, like that bossy dog mm-hmm. that's like, I gotta, I gotta manage everything. The fun I gotta, police. I gotta manage this whole situation. Right. And so I didn't have any issues with the dog when it came to me for a board and train. Like I really didn't see any of that. And then when I did the go home lesson and I did like a follow up with the owner and like, you can see the dog really like pushes the owner and the, uh, the owner was, she was like more soft spoken and like very mellow. And this dog was like, you know, 
all right, I'm, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I have to meet that dog with the same energy. Of course you, I will always be bossier than you. You know, that's kind of my thing. Like I will literally always be bossier than you. It's literally my job as the dog trainer to be bossier than you. Like I I can't be bossed around by dogs. Mm -hmm. That, that makes me think of, uh, someone that I, I, something that I heard from another trainer, um, who I, I won't mention on the podcast, but I will say that, um, Something that I've learned is a lot of times I believe that that dogs mistake kindness for weakness. Mm. Yeah. Like, of course, I can be sweet to my dog. Like, and, and this is the thing, like people, it's it's they're going to argue about like the semantics and they're going to say like, oh, my God, I'm sweet to my dog all the time and he loves it. And he doesn't think like uh, I'm telling you, of course, like I love on my dog and I'm very kind to my dog. But what I'm talking about is like when people go to the shelter or they bring home a puppy and they don't like the word no doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. not only does the word no not exist, it the action of no doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So like if I've got a little puppy and it, you know, crawls up my leg and is just chewing on me like, yeah, like I'm going to I'm going to scruff him. I'm going to pick him up. I'm going to say, what the fuck are you doing? And then I'm going to put him down and go, you know, and if he can't settle himself, I'll put him in the kennel, you know, and I'll try again later. But that's to me. I, I didn't actually say no. I, I showed no. Right. I showed the dog. No, don't do that. <clears throat> but. Uh, so many of these, these dogs, I just feel like they've never, they've never experienced that. And that's why I talk about like correcting dogs so much is because people do a really good job of teaching things, right? Like to do, to do, to do. Yeah. The dogs know how to do all the things. They get the lick mats. They have the, you know, they have place, they have obedience, they have a little ring bell they have on the door middle, they've got, they've got like more advanced obedience on their dogs, but their issue is the relationship that they have with their dogs because people think that dog training is what your dog can do, but it's not like as far as behavioral mod goes, if your dog is doing a behavior that you don't like, like you have to look at the relationship that you have with that dog. If you can't get your dog to like stop doing something, I would argue that they don't really respect you that much. Mm. And I kind of use the analogy of like, do you ever remember having those substitute teachers that would come in and like you knew when that sub was there, like the class was going to be reckless because I was going to be. I know, I know that it was you. (laughs) You were, were. of course, you were. You are definitely the person. And I was the one in the background, like, oh my god, oh my god. No, but like those, those subs, when they would come in and kids like you would be like, oh, this is my time. I'm going to bully this, this teacher, you know? And then when like your regular teacher is there because you have that relationship, because you have that respect, like the classroom doesn't act like that. And it's the same thing with dogs and people who are struggling with their dogs are struggling with the relationship because they allow their dog to do essentially whatever they want. So that's why I talk so much about like, it's okay to tell your dog no, because people are really good at teaching all the things, but they just need permission to be able to like communicate to their dog. Like, Hey, I don't like that. You're doing that. I, I, so I just, I just realized like, I forgot where I was going earlier when I was saying that they mistake the, the kindness for weakness. Yeah. And to me, it's like, um, you know, like, uh, like you and I are friends. If, if literally any time I asked something of you, like I was just like Meg, like like come to come to Texas, and you just got on the plane and did it. And like I was like, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and you were just like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it. At some point, like when you have that friend that you just know is never gonna say no, you have to almost check yourself, and you're like, Am I taking advantage of this person? Because they they always come through for me. They always like they just I know if I say this is where I want to eat, then we're that's where we're going to eat. And like I feel like that's the relationship that happens with people and their dogs, where I say that they they mistake kindness for weakness because it's like you just allow the dog to say I want that I'm going to go get it. Mm-hmm. I want that I'm going to go get it. I want to do this I'm going to do that. And and no one ever says hey don't you know don't do that. After a while the dog is just like acting like a complete you know idiot in front of you because you never say no to anything. And right. that level of permissiveness the dog is like I just get away with everything. Well they're such opportunistic creatures. You give them the chance they're going to start calling the shots. Like if nobody's telling them otherwise, why wouldn't they? So right. 
you know what that, that so that that's another good um kind of segue uh something else that i want to talk about is leash walking which is i know not a very exciting subject for a yeah, lot of people next but you mean but, in in regards to reactivity yeah and, and so like to me again like this all ties together it all ties together oh, yeah, 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 yeah. so the way and I, I don't know why I don't ever, maybe I don't think that I'm special in the way that I think about this, but I don't ever hear anyone else talking about it. So if this is the way other people see it, then just send me a message and let me know. Cause I want to <laughs> know, I want to know because the way I view leash walking is, is I just teach my dogs that they're not allowed to leave me. Like that is it. Like when I walk, you should also walk and you should be, and people are like, well, how, how, you know, how much does the dog have to look at you? And, how and I'm just like as long as they stop when I stop, then that's fine. And the way I do that is I usually just start by bringing the dog outside, and I don't even you know people do like the about turns and inside mm-hmm. turns and outside turns. I don't do that usually. Now to me, those all those about turns, the one eighties, the backing up, all that stuff. To me, that's how you refine and re- and shape how you want the heel to look. But to me, the general rule that I'm shooting for with like pet dogs is like just because we're standing here and another dog walks by doesn't mean you're allowed to leave me to go to that dog. Right. And I apply that to everything, whether it's a dog or a person or a bike or going to the grass or trying to get down the stairs or walking out of the front door. You, there's never a time in your life where you should be leaving me unless I've looked at you and said, like, break. You can do this. I think operating out of that principle is why neither of us actually teach. For most clients, we don't teach, like, a heel command on cue because the clients will use it and abuse it, and then it becomes... I don't, like, like, I never, I never ask my, like, of course in competition, my my dog has a competition heel, and she can heal beautifully, but, like... But like we don't ever really do that walking down the street. And it's just like as a rule of thumb, all of my dogs understand that like, hey, just because there's things on the shelves doesn't mean that you should go touch them. And and like it's kind of a rule that you should just stay with me. And they default to that. And and to me, that actually goes back to reactivity, because what I'm doing is I'm shaping the attitude of the dog, which is a which is less of a. a self-service type attitude where like the dog is constantly looking to just fulfill his own wants and needs and and desires. The dog is not allowed to just self-fulfill because it sees things. It just goes to them. The dog understands I have to stay with dad. And then I never end up with reactivity because my dogs aren't in that self-service mindset all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's an incompatible behavior to a degree also. If you you can't like lunge at the end of the leash and bark and cause a fuss, if you are focusing on staying with dad or mom. Right. One thing that I will say that people like people will hear this and then they'll think that they're doing it, but they're not is the dogs only know to stay next to the owner because they feel the pressure of the leash. Like it's constantly tight. You mean, right. Like they're holding. Like people are like, well, I'm walking my dog at heel. Right. But like what happens if you let go of that leash pressure, the dog keeps yeah. going forward because they're not actually paying attention to you. They're just paying attention to the feeling of that leash. They're taking so it. Let's, the so let's the so let's clarify. And this is another big thing. When do I punish the dog? Right. When when does the punishment happen and when does the reward happen? And I think a big game changer for a lot of just pet dog owners that, that don't own or that don't train dogs, they, um, I'm not punishing the dog when they get to the end of the leash. I'm actually looking for the moment that they check out, the exact moment that they check out. And people don't understand is that the dog checks out when they're still next to you. Mm-hmm. They don't check out when they've hit the end of the leash. You've, you've you, lost, they're gone. You're, you're way gone. And so that's why I say like a lot of times I don't actually start off doing the about turns. I just stand and I and and I just wait. And if the dog stays with me, then that's when I reward them. I I wait for that voluntary check in, and that's what I reward. And then as soon as we start moving, if they move towards anything that's not me, I'm gonna put pressure on that leash and bring them back to me. 
Yeah. And you can do that with a slip lead. You can do that with a prong collar. You can do that with a martingale. But the thing is, is you need to make sure that you're communicating to the dog that it's the moment that you check out when all of this happens. Right. And that's how you get a dog that will just like my dogs just kind of walk with me, you know, and and if we always do that same little motion of like giving them a little leash pop and then resetting them, if my dogs do get a little like excited or a little forward on the leash, if I just give them that little leash pop, they go, oh yeah, that's right, my bad, and they just, they just come back. You know, it's like, it's, we're never really like heal, you know? Oh no, <laughs> like, heal. heal. I mean, I think like Lucy. Don't be a dumbass is Lucy, the name of the game. Yeah, Lucy <laughs> and Minka are the only dogs of mine that actually know like a heel. You know, but most of it is just like, come back, like stay, you know, if I ever have to like say something to them, it's like, hey, like, what, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah come back I, you know, what's funny. Um, Crew, as much of a hellion as he is for all of his antics, he's probably out of my three, the most beautiful, reliable, like loosely shield. My sister is like, I'd rather potty crew than any of the others. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather you not just in case. But like. That's Drew is my that's, Malinois. That's He's a nice competition dog. He's a lot, but his, his he has he has he the hill has to be managed through obedience. And but that's the it's other a home thing. base for him. It's safe, it's right? Like, but that's the other thing that we should talk about is like some dogs you have to be so much more strict in the little things, that's like Porter, right? Like yeah, that little Porter pit. and crew, right? So like if I bro, you gotta turn your phone off. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's been going off. Sorry. Um, if I have a dog that's like super reactive, I'm super strict about the heel. Like I will give you a pop on the leash for checking out. As soon as you check out, like pop, there has to be some sort of consequence to you checking out because I know you and I know what's coming next. Right. So like, I'm not doing my due diligence if I don't stop you before you have that big explosive reaction. You know, the, the, the big part that, uh, that you're, that you're talking about, like, you know, that you you stop them the moment that they kind of start you know going to that behavior. I think one thing that that a lot of pet clients don't understand is I will correct a dog for just being an idiot. Like, like, no. like the dog is like the dog just bouncing is, around. Like, and- like if I and I, it sounds. Here's the thing. I know it sounds so mean, but like if I get to a park. And I pull the dog out of the car, and the moment his feet hit the ground, he's like that dog wowing. is just zigzagging and spinning and bar- like like. To me, that's the same thing as like like if if you lived in another country and you came over here and I brought you to like uh like a like a coffee shop, and, and I then was you just, just acting a fool. and you were just dancing, and I would just and I I would have to get on like you if say, we go to like a fancy restaurant. That's not the vibe, right? That's not the we vibe. We don't do that here. Like yeah, we don't do that, and and people think that's so crazy. Like like I like I'll have clients. I watch them. They get the dog out of the car, and the dog's just acting like an idiot, and they're like, correct it. Or I tell them, I'm like, okay, correct him, and they're like, for what? And I'm like. Because he's being an idiot. <laughs> I think these are also semantics, but you could talk about interruption versus correction. Like correction, I kind of imagine as I'm correcting you because I, I want you to come I back barely, into like, a certain actually behavior. correct dogs. That's, and that's, you know a, what that's I'm saying? a really like, good that's a really good point. A correction. I don't allow the behaviors to get to the point where I have to like really correct a dog. I would say recently I had um that like black shepherd monster mm-hmm. like i had to give His her name was monster yeah i had to give her a pretty firm like leash correction but i mean other than that i can't even i don't but know you probably only had to do that one or two times yeah like but that's, that's what i'm saying is like people think that like punish is like this big traumatic thing for dogs you right. know and it's literally like i tell my owners it's like an elbow nudge like if you're acting wild and i'm like hey let, let's let's chill out a little bit. That's not the vibe. That's not the vibe. Well, exactly what what you know, Winsley was saying was, um, uh, I really I've used the word correction a lot on this podcast, but with my clients, I really don't use that word very much because it is so open to interpretation, which everything is. I mean, at some point, you're going to have to you know put your hands on the leash and and figure out you know exactly how how to get across to that animal, but. I really like the word interruption because that is what I'm trying to do is I'm simply my goal. And that's what I tell my clients. I go, look, my goal 
when the dog goes into that kind of, you know, crazy, erratic, you know, state of mind, I just want to interrupt that from continuing. And once I've interrupted that, we can go and do other things, right? We can go and have a training session. We can go and throw the ball. We can go and, you know, do whatever we're going to do. But I feel like if you say, hey, the goal is to interrupt them, then they can actually almost kind of have a goal. Because if I say correct the dog, they go, well, I did. But he's still doing the behavior. Then it's like, okay, well, did I correct or not? But if I say, did you interrupt the dog? Then there's a measurable sort of I think that makes outcome. sense in people's minds. It's like minds. you either, like, if he's still doing the behavior, then he hasn't he hasn't been interrupted. Right. Because he's still carrying on. Right. Right? So that that is the way that I look at it. And I know, I know that's the way you look at it, too, is like, yes, yeah, sometimes, like, it, it takes more force to interrupt some dogs over others. But most of the time, because most dogs have never been interrupted during, you know, that behavior that when you do, it doesn't take a lot. Right. Especially you just like, hey. No, like, oh, my bad. <laughs> and, my bad. You know, what's funny, what's funny is um, I tell my clients, like, look, in the time that you work with me, I promise me, or I promise you, <laughs> I promise you, you will hear me talk to the dogs a lot. And people, some, you know, uh, some people are opposite. They're like, I put my headphones and I don't speak at all. Of course, when I'm doing competition obedience, I'm, I'm actually pretty quiet. Unless I'm very strategic in what comes out of my mouth when I'm doing competition. But when I'm doing pet dogs. You are like the biggest baby talker. You're like, oh, hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Meg, you were, that one time on FaceTime, you were like, do no. y'all use that <laughs> voice in front of this. your clients? No, you guys, you guys have like started that with me. Like, oh, the puppy but, but look, voice. But when I, but when look, I correct Coda's dogs. Like, I know Coda's like, oh, you're talking about me? When no, I correct dogs, it normally it normally Please. goes it normally goes like Pops. I correct the dog and I look at the dog and I'm like I'm like why'd you do that <laughs> I'm like don't don't do that I and started I, doing and, the it's it's embarrassing I like film training sessions and then when I look back at them I'll go out, they hit the end of the leash you know they're just like trotting along and I'm like oh my god what happened I like oh, the, look oh my back god, at the video happened? and I'm like boop. Like, why did I, I don't even say that with my own dogs, but it just is like a little noise effect that pairs with the leash pop the, and the dog's like, oh. The, oh my God, what happened? Oh my God. That's oh my a, God. That's a, literally like, I will, if, especially if it's like kind of a young dog and he, and like I said, I, I don't want the dog to learn to leave me. I want the, the dog to kind of stay with me by default. So if yeah. I, if the dog starts, there, there will be times where I want the dog to explore and I'll, I'll let the dog know that that's what we're doing, but um, but yeah, I will let the dog go out. I give him a little correction. The dog turns around and looks at me and I go, Oh my God, what happened? What happened? Cause it's like, I, and I truly pretend like I don't know. And I start walking off and the dog's like, Oh, and they just learn to stay with well, me. The it's best like, correction is it's like when a little kid coming. falls, yeah, you know, and they get up and you're like, Oh my gosh. What'd yeah. What'd you do, buddy? <laughs> like, sorry about that. Why'd you do that? Well, like, also I feel like having the baby voice for me kind of, Keeps the blood keeps, keeps the, your blood pressure yeah, down. It's like emotionless. I need you oh, to. Oh, sorry. I'm so, hello. Audience. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I forgot we were gonna, doing a Wednesday's podcast. Wednesday's gonna have her back to the camera by the She's end. She's just the wrapped podcast. up in the conversation. No, it right just now. it makes me feel less emotional. Like I'm operating out of a place of no emotion and just simply like doing what needs to be done and having the little sing song like oh boop, what happened like makes it yeah. real lighthearted and i don't say a lot you know, get frustrated with the dogs, i don't say a know? lot because the owners say so much and like my trainers say a lot and i want the dog to like be just like that tuned into me that i don't have to be like oh, but i say that but if i have like puppies and shit i'm like oh is that puppies exactly. well, you know, yeah, i feel like yeah. more like young dogs and at the beginning yeah. the very beginning but if i'm doing like lesson, a behavioral mod dog like no. You're going to have no. to earn the baby talk Def- from me. Oh, like, definitely. you know what I'm saying? That like, I'm not going to be, like, the cutesy person until, like, we we establish our relationship. I agree with that 100%. But that's how we were with Koa in the house. We didn't talk to him at all. We oh, just yeah. communicated with the well, leash like, until he, this is, you know, opened up. This is the thing. People people that listen, like, to, to podcasts, right, like this, and, and, they, and they, you know, they're going to hear something. And they're going to take it very specifically or they're going to take it their own way. And anybody that listens to this and actually understands dogs knows exactly everything that we're talking about and Mm -hmm. can read between the lines and can understand only the people that that 
don't really know very well are the ones that take everything at face value and 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 they just don't understand dogs. Oh yeah. And Anytime I get like I had like a few trainers reach out and like tell me, you know, whatever. They'll go, I always talk to dogs or or I never t-. And yeah, it's like know. that shows me that you have not been doing this very well. You don't long. know. Yeah, you don't know, you know? because because you talk the, to the experienced people and they're like, yeah, like we're all doing the same thing. Yes. All of the people who are actually running dog training businesses, working with clients, not just like training their own dogs for the sake of like the Internet. Like we're all doing the same thing. We're all mostly using positive reinforcement, getting dogs working for food right. and treats and like, like interrupting the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's like really, every, it's really every all dog it is. trainer. But able to like understand that there's no cookie cutter way to condition a off-leash recall with the e-call like there's so many different no, there's ways a million different to ways to, do to train that. the dog but like we to read the dog in front of you we're all basically doing operating within the same framework yeah to pretty agree. similar shit yeah um we gotta wrap this up but we just hit an hour before wow. i think so we videoed this and we gotta talk about the band-aids on my face oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh. it's my fault <laughs> It's Clayton fault. Clayton's fault. Clayton, Clayton fault. Clayton fault. Clayton, Clayton, Clayton. Um, yeah. So Clayton and I went to the skate park yesterday and there's a pump track and I really wanted to try the pump track, but I've never done any sort of skate park thing. I've only gone down like hills. <laughs> like big hills or like what are we talking like, i mean i think like Florida, pretty there's she but has I some like, hills in her neighborhood that okay. are i mean they're they're fun to she's go a down. skater girl yeah She's definitely got some speed before. Yeah. <laughs> she has. I I should be better at skating for how long I've done it for. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you don't, like, when you're not surrounded by a bunch of people that do it. Right. Anyways, we went to the skate park yesterday, and I was doing great. And I went down, and Clayton was like, I was like, I'm scared, Clayton. He's like, go. <laughs> <laughs> That mean coach. Just go. Like, what are you scared of? What are you scared of? At one point, she was like, I was like, I, she was like, she's like, I need you to like hold my hand. And I was like, okay. So I, so I, I held her hand. And as, as she's like, you're not going to let go, right? Yeah. She's like, you're not going to let go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can't trust him, Meg. You should know not to trust him with that shit. I know. Definitely let go. But. And then she face planted? No, listen, she went down the ramp. Many times, successfully. <laughs> Many times. We gotta give her credit first. Okay? Many yeah. times successfully. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then there was just one where it just—it all went wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, whenever I ran over there, I knew you were gonna be bleeding. <laughs> I knew. You like, definitely I, need stitches. I, I saw, no, I saw you hit your face, bad. and I was like, <laughs> "Shit, I know that's gonna be bloody." That was why when I ran over. I, I ran over and I looked down at her and I was like, oh yeah, like you're definitely bleeding. And I was just like, hang, on. hang on a second. And I went, had, I went and got my phone. Runs back up the ramp. I got to document this. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Truthfully, because like, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, I've been skating like, like for 20 years or something like that. Like very long time. Yeah. Clayton's really, really good and made it look really easy. So he does. here's the thing. So I've, I've obviously eaten a lot of shit and, and <laughs> fallen down like that many times. As someone that has eaten shit that many times, I realize that that it's like if you're going to eat shit like that, then like I definitely want documentation. Like oh, that's yeah. to me, it's like I've I've already eaten shit. So nothing else matters other than documenting it. Clayton at this likes point. to share his epic fails on his old Instagram. He has a lot of he's like, look at this one video of me breaking my hip. And I'm like, why did you post? That? Oh. Um, yeah. So I went down and face planted and busted my chin open. People think I'm really cool now. They're like, oh it's because gosh. I put cool music to it. I know. <laughs> 96 quite bitter beings. It, it kind of looks like I have like a neck tattoo does, of all look- of the blood. <laughs> <laughs> but later when we were in the sun at the lake, you were like, kept saying, I don't feel good. And I just thought you had the laceration on your chin. Oh, no. Like, I, I definitely bounced my head I'm on like, the concrete Meg, I think pretty you hard. have a concussion. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'll have a Band-Aid on my chin for the foreseeable future and maybe a, maybe a cool scar. 
At least a sick tan line if you keep those on. Uh, oh, God. All right. Um, let's let the people know where to find you guys. I think I think mainly Instagram. Austin Dog Culture on Instagram. I yeah. think it's like Austin underscore dog underscore culture. Sure. But if you just type in Austin dog culture, um, we come up. That's like our company. The, I have a personal one. That's just what's your personal Winsley? Do you want to share? It's canine crew and co K number nine, but you could just type in Winsley and I'm the only Winsley that I've, if anybody out there has ever met another Winsley, I'd like to know because I've never met another one. So you could type that in and I'll you'll find her. We'll up. also include you guys in the show notes. Um, all right. So my road trip continues. We're wrapping up this podcast and I'm loading up the dogs. We're hitting the road again in Austin today. Who knows where I'll be tonight. So sad you're leaving. Sleeping in a van somewhere somewhere on the side of a road, probably. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much for letting me crash on your couch and visit and shadow and do all the fun things. And Thanks. It of was course. a pleasure to have you. You're welcome back anytime, Meg. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for being on the podcast. And if you're listening, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs>